Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. A solution and a problem are very much a yin and yang kind of thing. They're, uh, they're, if people don't know what yin and yang is, it's basically you see these two kind of um, paisley symbols, black and white with uh, a little dot in each one. And basically, the the, uh, the philosophical context is is that you always have a solution contained within a problem, and you always have a problem contained within a solution. It is a a, a an interrelated um, process of creativity, and it goes much even further than that. It is it involves your subconscious and your conscious. A lot of people think this is a conscious um, process. And problem solving. But what it also really is, is that your subconscious is a very, very powerful force where you can train your subconscious to uh, be a powerful force in problem solving if and only if you have a clear, clear question to ask. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Doug, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. And uh, thank you for welcoming me to your podcast. It is an honor, and I look forward to some vivacious and fun conversations. <laughs> well, it is my pleasure to have you here. I found out about your work by way of your publicist who told me about your book, Conquering the Chaos of Creativity, which we will get into uh, in depth because in my mind, <clears throat> all creativity is just chaos. Uh, but before we get into all that, I wanted to start asking, what did your parents do for work and how did that end up shaping and influencing the choices that you ended up making throughout your life and career? Well, uh, you warned me that this would be not the typical interview and I love it already. Um, I, my dad was a entrepreneur. He had a grading and paving company that he started in his late 20s. And uh, my goal was always to start my business before him. And so he was always someone that uh, might say did it his way. Uh, he had a pretty, pretty successful grading and paving company in the Bay Area, uh, San Jose area. And um, uh, 
my mom was uh, a nurse, uh, and I would say just the side of a saint. She, uh, up until uh, almost a year before she went to heaven, she was still working in the emergency ward because she said she liked the energy. Um, so here I have this, this uh, uh, my father, who was basically a construction guy, um, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, typical, typical tough guy. And my mom, who was this giving wonderful nurse, and that was the environment I grew up in. Mm. So, I mean, your dad being a construction guy, what elements of creativity did he infuse in you? And what are the lessons that he passed on to you from his own work that you later applied to yours? Well, you know, um, uh, the, there's a story I tell people about my dad, uh, about how, um, he had his own, own, uh, creativity and, and it was exemplified to me is that when we would go out to a job and, uh, he would have to, uh, estimate, you know, how much, how many yards of dirt, you know, how many, you know, how much rock, you know, the asphalt and blah, blah, blah. And we would walk and he would just walk around and he would say, uh, this is probably going to take about uh, 2000 yards of uh, rock. And I said, dad, how do you know? He goes, I just know, you know, so he developed, he had this, this insight, this creative thing, but you would never call it creativity. It was just a, an intuition for his, uh, for his work. And, uh, uh, you know, I actually talk about that in my book under methodical intuition. That's that intuition can be built. It can be trained um, based upon what you do. So, yeah, he wasn't formally what people would call creative in any way. The only other thing for my mom was she uh, came from a very poor family and always loved to play the piano and always wanted to be a concert pianist. And um, I started taking piano when I was seven against my will. Uh, my dad had promised me as a very tough guy. My dad was about six, two, and my mom was about five, two and big guy. And he goes, Doug, you, I got your back. You'll never have to take piano. And my uh, I came home from the best baseball practice of my life. Almost uh, when I was seven, I could hit anything. And my mom said, Doug, I want you to meet your new piano teacher. And I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, and I took my bat, I hit it on the ground, and I said, I'll never take piano lessons. Next week, I was doing scales, seven years of classical piano. And how that affected my creativity, um, I, uh, well, about the sixth year, I started, uh, uh, my mom tried to keep me interested, and I started taking uh, jazz piano lessons. And when I was 13, uh, 12 or 13, I got into a band in junior high. And then it uh, became really fun. We would have like 50, 60 people in the front yard. I'd be playing uh, rock. Everyone in the band was in high school and college except me. And it was, uh, it was during the hippie era. You can kind of imagine that. And we started playing at parties all around. So that, in a way, started my creativity rolling uh, from the musical side. Yeah. But I had always been um, uh, very, uh, my parents always were, were very uh, um, supportive. And I was always an artist. And I won a national uh, art contest when I was uh, six um, for Converse, Converse tennis shoes that just come out. And 
I won it in a, uh, a large van about, oh, maybe, uh, I don't know, 50 feet long, pulled into my house and unloaded about 10 pieces of playground equipment. We had a big yard. And that was my first inkling that if you're creative, you're rewarded. So, um, you know, uh, so my, my uh, and my mom always supported my science. I love science. So I was always dissecting brains and, and uh, 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 cow brains and, and doing a lot of uh, science research from when I was in first grade because my mom maybe had a vision I'd be a doctor or something. So it wasn't the traditional support of, uh, of what you might think uh, uh, where creativity grows. But as, as everyone has seen, the, uh, the beautiful flower growing uh, in the middle of, of, a, of a parking lot, you know, in the asphalt, you never know where creativity can, can, uh, can roll from, you know. So that's always been my philosophy. So, you know, it's funny because I, I also was a musician, uh, not because my parents forced me to be. When you play the tuba and you live in a small part and your parents basically are annoyed as shit that you're as dedicated as you are to it uh, because it drives everybody crazy. But this is something that I, I've been thinking a lot about, and it's something that I found in common with a lot of very creative people, uh, particularly writers who have very lyric gifts often are piano players. Um, there's just something about the way they write. And I always say that writers who are musicians make music with words. Why do you think that music has that sort of impact on creative thinking that it does? Like, what are the benefits of a musical well, instrument that most of us don't really understand if we never played one? I think, you know, that's a that's a really uh, wonderful uh, jumping off point uh, to uh, um, discuss creativity a little bit more. And um, one of my uh, uh, the uh, quotes I use in my book about uh, Albert Einstein, one of my favorite thinkers, um, is is that you know I, he would always talk about these um, uh, ways that he invented e equals m c squared and all his his advanced theories and what he would say that he uses architectures of thought or he plays the piano and he um, uh, uh, thinks in in a way of, of symbols and then after he uh, 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 creates this construct, this vision, then he brings it into the culturized linguistics and, and, and mathematics. So the, the point here is, is that, um, uh, uh, there, there is a kind of a higher level type of, of thinking process that is available to us. It's not taught, but everyone innately has it. I tried to teach it in the book. And, and uh, the, the process is, is that one has to get beyond uh, the uh, linguistic uh, view of the world. There's this scientific theory called the Saffir-Whorf theory, where uh, it's stated that you can never think beyond the semantics uh, of your culture. And um, uh, so when you're inventing something new, you have to, because your culture really may not support the uh, the creative exercise or what you're, you're, um, um, considering. And it's, I, I it would be uh, analogous to, let's say like, a, like a, a, a caveman who has maybe 10 words, like, you know, primary words, like eat, sleep, whatever. And it's trying to envision multiplication. You can't, you have to go outside that. And, uh, so I think, uh, music, um, supports, uh, a uh, or can connect you 
to a, a, a dialectic of thought, of symbology that is not semantically and cultural based. And so that's probably why. It is a tool. If you know how to use it and expand upon it, it can become very powerful. Yeah. So that's my my response. Well, you you brought up this idea of something not being taught. And this is something that I've you know often had conversations uh, with people about is, is the role of creativity in our education system. And why it's not prioritized. And I think the place where this became very obvious to me uh, was walking through a Barnes and Noble. If you go to the kids section in a Barnes and Noble where they have, you know, uh, books for teaching, you know, kids who are being homeschooled and you look at the curriculum as it goes from first grade to 12th grade, it's like they're just sucking the creativity out of you. And, you know, with each year that goes by. Um, why do you think that is? And, and what would you change about that, given your background and your experience? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. 
Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time. And now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Um. Well, I, uh, this has been a matter of uh, a great deal of thought as of late um, uh, with a lot of educators um, who have contacted me. Um, I, uh, our society is not focused on uh, expanding uh, one's imagination and creativity Um uh, it's focused on learning and us kind of fitting into uh, the appropriate boxes in life. Um, and as you get older, um, uh, it almost is is uh, uh, a non consideration to uh, invent to think of new ideas. You know, uh, you have there's a certain pragmatism that takes over, right? Where uh, uh, it's called being mature, an adult. And unfortunately, that um, obfuscates create creativity and imagination to, for, for many, many people. And so the process starts very early. Um, and uh, I think it is, it is at, at, at its most basic level um, a, a beautiful beginning when kids are drawing and thinking and, and doing things in, in grade school. But that, that kind of goes away. And uh, the uh, the main issue is is that we are not taught how to expand our imagination, how to improve our innate abilities to think, and and uh, so so as that moves forward, you know, uh, we all more or less become non creative automatons, not because we're not all innately creative. But it's simply not not taught. Now, I've done a couple podcasts lately with um, some principals at at schools, and they've been so excited that they uh, have um, had continuing podcasts where um, we will get uh, kids in their school. And there's something I call the 15 minute creative exercise. Um, and what is always the complaint from the principals and the teachers? Well, there's not enough time in the curriculum to even teach what we have, you know. So this is something for parents where uh, um, I, I've gone through these kind of creative exercises with the kids. And uh, and this one school district is actually starting to ins- try to institute it. And it goes, it's probably a, a much longer conversation than we have right now to tell how I'm uh how I've, how I've kind of invented this, but in a short synopsis, I I lead some kids through the process of inventing, and it could be quite wild. I think one thing one kid invented a a, a pizza that was a telephone, and the pepperoni was doing something, and um, blah 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 blah. And it really doesn't matter the literal capability, but the fact that they're taking steps to uh, expand their mind and realize that anything is possible. And by doing that every minute, uh, every day is something I do. I wake up every, every morning and I'm challenging creativity from the morning to night, but just that 15 minute exercise, the teachers and kids are really excited about. So, um, it is, it is teachable. 
And I'm actually uh, uh, Cal State Long Beach, uh, my alma mater, the Dean of Science Education, has invited me to teach a class based upon my book to uh, STEM majors on how to think creatively. So now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going to the two extremes. I'm working with uh, uh, grade school kids to expand their creativity. And in the future, I'll be um, teaching a class um, uh, for a college student. So I, uh, I've kind of entered into the world of education. And that's kind of why I wrote the book. I, I wanted to start uh, teaching what I have learned over the decades of, of invention. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, you know, it sounds to me like your career and your trajectory predates sort of the era of, of social media, the internet. And, you know, like I ended up writing a book called an audience of one reclaiming creativity for its own sake. And it's kind of funny because like, even for me, the message of that book was challenging because I run a business and one of the things that I, I think has been a very sort of unfortunate byproduct of, you know, the internet, even though it facilitates creativity, it paradoxically inhibits it as well, because I think there's this sort of, you know, huge narrative or this like, you know, sort of dominant cultural narrative that if you don't build an audience of millions of people, if you don't get you know paid to do it, or if it doesn't make you rich or famous, then it's not worth doing. Um, and the funny thing is I found that often my, you know, most sort of like rewarding projects, the ones that ironically ended up reaching the biggest number of people were the ones I did out of just, you know, morbid curiosity. And given, you know, you sort of started in building a, you know, a creative career long before this era, what is your view on all that? I, um, well, let me uh, ask a question um, uh, to your question, if I may. Is, yeah. Uh, so are, are you trying to focus on on the or, or origins of uh, of more of, of my intrinsic, um, let's say, um, appetite to um, write about creativity and imagination and explore it or or the um, the more of societal view of of how that happens. So I need a little more specificity. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a fair question. Well, I, I think that you know the overarching narrative societally is that you know you have to be extrinsically motivated to do this thing, and I think in a lot of ways, social media and the internet have played a big role in that because they you know give you these sort of artificial vanity metrics right. you know followers and fans and all this other nonsense that people get really obsessed with and they overlook craft because of it right right well um i think you know i think one could just go back to maslow's like hierarchical needs you know i think a lot of um uh uh, uh real creativity and imagination exists at the top level, self-actualization. And uh, that is based upon a more intrinsic um, process of, uh, of, um, of focus. Now, um, you know, if I go back to uh, my, my humble beginnings, I was always very inventive. I was always very creative. And um, it just was innate in me, this... this um, uh, interest to buck the status quo in every way. It was just like uh, hardwired into me. And uh, I, I think the, um, the process for me to, to write and, and explore is something that started um, uh, when I started my company almost right out of college. And 
it was it was even uh, peppered a little bit by my first instructor in college, Mike Kammermeyer, who taught uh, methodology. And his view was, you know, uh, you know, life is too complex. It has to always be methodically considered and, and, and understood. And uh, one of the other teachers in our department uh, had a totally different view. He goes, my intuition is all I need, you know, and I would listen to, to them argue. And it is these these kind of um, uh, uh, beginning to, to listen to these these different philosophies of how how you can be creative, how you can invent. And. Uh, I was propelled mentally into recording, you know, how I did something. And to me, it was always a fascination of uh, when I would invent something. And I've done a lot of things. I mean, I, you know, I've invented hundreds and hundreds of products and 20 market categories, and I've got hundreds of patents. And for me, it was, it was not the accomplishment, necessarily the financial accomplishment as much as uh, uh, training my brain to uh, think outside the box, to uh, uh, use these different techniques I developed to um, be more creative. And for me, uh, I call them creative weapons of survival almost, because when uh, you are pushing your mind uh, to the limit uh, and your creative capability and and uh, it, you you need techniques to uh, um, allow you to uh, uh, invent a new idea and be successful. And when you're paid for it, you know, there's nothing, there's, there's no, um, let's say, um, Hey, I'm sorry, Doug, you know, uh, we're still going to pay you uh, even though you failed, you know, it's, it's, it's only success. And so at times, you know, I would have 10 projects at once I'm working on with everyone. And it was, I have to say uh, a real imagination and creative high. It, I, I loved it. And um, as the uh, the years progressed, I kept writing in lab books all my techniques. And I started being called to say, Doug, you know, speak about how you do this, how you do that. And so about, uh, I would say, 10 years ago, I decided to start writing a book. And it became uh, uh, something of, um, oh, Later on, I would do, you know, pick it up and, and put it down and be thinking about it. But then about, uh, three years ago, I, um, I was kind of, uh, really focusing on it and it became, uh, the rather large, uh, compilation of ideas that you see in, in Conquering the Chaos of Creativity. No. And what is most important is that, um, it is really a journey. It is, it is a construct. For you to explore because it's going to be impossible for anybody to, um, uh, not impossible, but rare people that I've talked to have, have gone through and read the whole book. Usually you go through, uh, based upon what you need at the time. And, and, uh, it's kind of a, a place to explore rather than a, an endpoint. So rather long-winded explanation for why I intrinsically, um, have always been motivated to, uh, let's say, um, be creative. But like I say, with me, it was always hardwired. I would always, uh, um, I, I don't see how someone cannot be. Let me put it that way. Yeah. 
So um, I, before we end the book, there, there's one sort of thing I, I, I want to cover. I mean, you've worked with some of the most iconic brands on the planet, you know, Apple, Mercedes, all of them. I mean, what goes into the process of creating products that end up with the quality of, of you know, like an Apple iPhone or like an iPad? I mean, I've read Johnny Ives' books. I've read, you know, Leander Kenny's books about Steve Jobs. Um, I mean, I know it's an in, like an insane level of obsessive, you know, compulsive almost attention to detail but what else goes into you know products of that caliber well i think the thing that um if i was to like uh just do a broad brush stroke of a lot of the ceos i've worked with you know from uh from jobs to gates to uh other top people in corporations um uh you know in movies and so forth there must be a visionary a visionary who uh, has the ability to synthesize and uh, understand all the, vari- the the variety of disciplines that goes into whatever it is their company is creating. Um, uh, it, it is the uh, the most important aspect uh, that 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 visionary uh, guide is is pulling everyone together to get to that that idea and when it's not there it becomes uh, a tragedy you have you can have the most uh, talented uh, uh workforce the most uh, amazing uh history of uh of a company but without that visionary leader it uh all is lost and it is something that I can tell many stories of, of CEOs that, that, uh, that failed, that didn't have that vision and others that, that do. Um, and, uh, uh, that is, that is the, the fulcrum point. So when I'm involved, um, within my, my area of expertise, I've learned that, that I need to be the visual, uh, the visionary leader and guide. And sometimes I don't have all the information. So I have to empower and, uh, and connect uh, other visionary people in their own discipline in a way that, uh, that broadens their scope and uh, kind, of, kind of like a butterfly allows them to fly freely. And uh, it, it is a, uh, uh, maybe that could be another book someday. <laughs> it, is, it is a big challenge. <laughs> To, to work in these big organizations. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community. And that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Well, let's let's get into the book. I mean, to your point, like you said, I mean, this thing is like an encyclopedia. And, you know, it seems like one of those books that, like you said, you pick up, you know, off the shelf when you need it, when you need an area to cover. And so I thought the, the best way to actually go through this was rather than go through every little detail was to kind of go through the sort of five you know, overarching categories that you have here, uh, which are inspirational creativity, analytical creativity, psychological creativity, spiritual and philosophical creativity, and, and uh, you know, uh, invention creativity. Um, but I want to start with analytical creativity because I think that, you know, a lot of creatives skip that part. They don't really think very much about creativity from a problem-solving perspective. They're just like, oh, I'm going to make this thing. And then, uh, you know, they wonder why nobody's interested in what they've done. Because every book I've read on branding, every book I've read on copywriting, every course I've taken on copywriting is like, ultimately, why anybody pays you for your work is because you've solved some sort of problem for them. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is probably a, um, uh, to retrogress for just a second, Sometimes people are being creative uh, not to uh, solve a problem, but just to uh, engender a, uh, a process of happiness for them, you know, that, that they're going to do something. And the goal is not to solve a problem. This, the goal is kind of an intrinsic experience, right? Um, 
And that, that is uh, um, important. But um, when you are uh, uh, motivated to actually solve a problem, when there's something that is an obstacle, um, and I just call the status quo always an obstacle. The status quo is like a, like a, 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 the, the, let's say the metaphor of a body with white blood cells. Anything you do to change the status quo, it wants to reject, and even if it's good. And uh, you have to be chastened and very, uh, very strong to change the status quo of society when you're trying to improve human lives. It's, it's just kind of a fact of life. Um, so I think that the point is here is that uh, I've, I've worked, as I said, uh, uh, with hundreds and hundreds of different um, inventions and, and people and uh, the top companies throughout the globe. I've started my own companies. And uh, one thing, I, I've actually even worked on political systems, too, for the government, which I've solved some rather seem like unsolvable uh, problems. But what I see is that most people are uh, unclear about what they're even trying to solve. Uh, you'll ask someone and say, well, you know, okay, well, tell me what, what it is you're solving. They tell me a solution. Or, and I said, well, no, just tell me the, what exact problem are you, are you trying to solve? And I do this with a lot of college students and, uh, even, even with, uh, uh, with professionals. And no one is trained to have problem awareness. And I, uh, um, in my book, um, I take, uh, uh, uh people through, uh, one of the foundations of creativity which is uh, problem and solution awareness, where you, like with a problem, you have to ask every question you could possibly ask. And then you learn how, after you ask 100 questions of, of your questions, on how to start putting those together into some sort of a relevant uh, uh, hierarchy. And that then is your guiding light, because the solution is always contained in an aware problem statement. One of my other famous quotes from, from Einstein is that, uh, he says that if someone gives me only an hour uh, to um, um, find a, a, a solution to an issue, I'll spend 55 minutes focusing on the problem statement or the problem awareness and five minutes on the solution. Because the the, the guiding light to uh, a solution is becoming aware of every, every, every detail of a problem. And it is rather liberating when you, when you, when you do that, because then you can always go back to, um, this problem statement, rather comprehensive one. And as you generate, uh, uh, myriads of solutions, you can always go back to that and, and say, Oh, does that fit? It's kind of like creating a puzzle, um, uh, without all the pieces. And so you, the solution part is when you start creating the puzzle pieces and you kind of say, does that fit? Does that fit? So I, that is a kind of a brief overview. In my book, I teach this um, with great detail. And uh, actually, I use this every day at, at work and, and even people that work for me, I'm, I'm teaching this. You know, what it, it creates a, a, a need to have a keen sense of awareness. You must have uh, kind of a, a certain amount of vigilance and, and passion because uh, the other point is, is that, you know, when I, I talk about my foundations of creativity, um, you know, like we talk about, let's say, the analytical part for problem solving, and then we look at, at the inspirational part, the, the act of, of, 
of, of analysis is not just cerebral to engage everything that you are as, as a human being, which is spirit, you know, your emotions, uh, you know, your psychology, you, one must realize that even in the analytical process, it has basis in, in passion, a driving force that can break you through the, uh, uh, what might be mental obstacles. So here, here is, is a, uh, a very, uh, important point I'm making that, um, analytical processes are not just analytical. And every time that you're being creative, there's a connection of, of all these other facets of who you are that must be engaged to, uh, uh, um, empower your full ability as, as a person. So that's just a, a little taste of where my book takes you. Yeah. Do you, so let's see, you know, just for the sake of a practical example, um, we look at, you know, the sort of idea of analytical creativity and apply it to something like the process of, of writing. Uh, what does that look like? Um, that is a rather open-ended question to how creativity can, can be uh, used in the process of writing. I, I'd say that... Um, uh, well, I don't mean creativity broadly, but sort of, you know, what you call analytical creativity, like this idea of problem solving um, and looking at it through the lens of solving a problem. Well, um, I, I think that the, the most important part of, uh, of getting back to the, the idea of, of trying to create a guide for yourself to explore solutions. And how do you do that? Well, think of a building. Um if you don't have a good foundation and you try to build a skyscraper, it will ultimately fall over, right? And uh, a problem statement is the foundation of all your creativity. It has to be well-considered and it has to be comprehensive and you have to really think it through. And <clears throat> that in, 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 um, in just a short synopsis, is a very important thing. I'll bring up another point. It's it's a solution and a problem are very much a yin and yang kind of thing. There, uh, there. If people don't know what yin and yang is, it's basically you see these two kind of um, paisley symbols, black and white, with uh, a little dot in each one. And basically, the the uh, the philosophical context is is that you always have a solution contained within a problem, and you always have a problem contained within a solution. It is an, a, a, an interrelated um, process of creativity. And it goes much even further than that. It is It involves your subconscious and your conscious. A lot of people think this is a conscious um, process in problem solving. But what it also really is, is that your subconscious is a very, very powerful force. And I teach this in some of my chapters called subconscious cloud and methodical intuition, where you can, you can train your subconscious to uh, be a powerful force in problem solving. If, and only if you have a clear, clear question to ask. And that is something I also teach in terms of how to gain awareness by asking all the possible questions and, um, you know, it, it's, it's really important to, to understand that uh, a great problem statement calls everything into question. And 
that is a, a, a process of, um, of curiosity and passion that have to be connected to the analytical process. Yeah. Well, let's talk, um, specifically about sort of inspirational and psychological creativity, because I think that there are two sort of, um, things that I often hear from, you know, our readers or, or people who talk to me, I, one is just an absolute lack of, uh, confidence. The second is a lack of clarity. Uh, the lack of clarity makes sense because I've seen, you know, answers in surveys where when I ask somebody, you know, what their, you know, ultimate goal would be, I'll get something as vague as a meaningful business that needs creativity. And I, I started writing, you know, this article about why you're not accomplishing your goals. And I was like a meaningful business that needs creativity is so vague that, you know, Pablo Escobar, was incredibly creative and his business was meaningful to cocaine addicts. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Um, well, on the, on the idea of, of like psychological and inspirational creativity, the, uh, uh, you know, inspirational creativity uh, it involves many different parts to uh, harness your belief and and free your mind and uh, 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 ways to immerse your point of view. So you see everything in the world as your your inspiration. Whereas psychological creativity is, I teach tools that I have created that will uh, basically use the uh, innate neurology psychology and physiology of your mind to uh become more creative and that's a that the the psychological creativity chapter is an incredibly important part of the book and um uh, i document a tremendous amount of scientific studies that uh support uh my theories that i've generated over the years that uh, I think are an important documentation that these aren't just the whims of, of, of one creative person. These are, are uh, let's say, processes that have been tested and, uh, and largely um, undeveloped and unused. And to me, they were, they were the tools of, of creative survival when, when I'm inventing. The most important part um, uh, for, for responding to what you say, where people are, are trying to be creative and they're not um, uh, getting to where they need to go. It, it really does go back to an unclear problem statement. Uh, a lot of, most people are walking around kind of in a murky gray view of, uh, of, of awareness. And um, most of the products in our, in our world, if you think about it, are kind of responding to that murky gray view. Like there's so many things that don't work well. Your uh, computer software, when you get in your car, you know, things aren't easy to operate. Um, even simple uh, products, you know, that you have in your kitchen. It, we, it adds to frustrations in our life. And those are all a result of whoever invented them wasn't quite thinking clearly about the unmet needs of people and what, what they really need to provide. So, what what my point is is that that uh, there there are different a avenues of creativity. Um, if you simply are looking for ways to empower your ability to uh, um, be more creative, 
the ideas of, uh, of methodical intuition, where you can train your mind to be intuitive, or the subconscious cloud, where you can train your subconscious to solve problems for you. Um, which is a, which is a very, uh, uh, beautiful process. And I use it every day. Um, there's all these different, uh, techniques that, that teach this creativity. And, um, I, I want to get back to this idea of an interconnected whole of creativity. In, in my book, I have a, uh, um, a graph that shows the, the analytical, the, uh, the spiritual, the philosophical, um, the invention, imagination, and, and uh, um, psychological, I talk about them as separate um, parts. But in reality, uh, they are an interconnected whole. And uh, that when one really wants to take this journey into creativity, it is a lifetime adventure. And I use the, the metaphor of um, uh, martial arts. I've been in martial arts since I was a young kid. And um, one of the things you observe when someone first takes a class um, and they learn an inward block or a punch, they become immediately uh, empowered. And, and they're feeling like, okay, man, now I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, understanding this and this is getting, you know, this can help me. But in reality, that is like a neat little step. But to become a great martial artist, it requires practicing hours every day for decades, right? And that is the master level of creativity. Uh, my book is there for the people that want to attain that master level of creativity, that want um, to create a what I call a creative construct that uh, is their own, and I try to teach that. But to really get to that point, it takes years and years of work. But it also, the book is also designed for beginners, like those people in, in martial arts that take that first inward block or punch. There's immediate results that can empower you, that can get you going in, into uh, some steps of creativity. But uh, the way I look at this, this should be like, this literally could be a four-year course in college of teaching imagination and creativity, at, which can be applied to any any discipline in life. So that is a rather long-winded explanation. <laughs> I apologize. No, no, no. It's, it's all good. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think that the, um, that, that actually, you know, is a perfect segue to kind of wrap up our conversation by talking about sort of what you call the spiritual and philosophical aspects of this. Um, particularly when we talk about failure and perseverance, right? I mean, the very nature of creative work is that it's unpredictable. It's chaotic. And there's always a possibility that, you're going to fail and, and nobody's going to like what you've created or that it's just going to be an absolute sort of disaster, uh, which I think does a number on people's psyche and self-esteem. And, you know, I think in running a creative business, one of the, the big things I've learned is just as important as the work is your ability to manage your own psychology. Yeah. So how do people, you know, prevent themselves from getting derailed when things don't go according to plan, things don't turn out how they want them to, you know, like projects flop or, you know, you take the average blogger who's like, oh, I've been doing this thing for three months and nobody reads my blog. Of course, you mentioned this is a lifetime journey, which, you know, I think that that's one thing that is also missing is patience. Yeah, that um, that's a really good point. Um, <clears throat> I think 
Um, the most important point here is, is that philosophically, um, the, the journey of creativity is, um, something that should be celebrated. And it is something that is always going to be a hard thing to do because you're basically changing the world. You're, you're, you're creating something new. Um, and in that process, and, you know, I've learned this, uh, with a little bit of perspective is that it's important never to be depressed by failure. Um, and equally, um, it's important that one is never intoxicated by success. They're, they're both equal sides of that, that theory of yin and yang. You've, you've got to understand that the journey of creativity will always involve both. You will always fail. You will always succeed. And uh, the, uh, the act of being creative is by far the most important thing. Now, um, uh, the perseverance um, and failure, uh, we are all haunted by failure. And um, I talk about in the book in, in many areas where how to use even people with severe emotional scars um, you, you have a, uh, a certain dynamic, uh, psychologically that you can either use that to, uh, to be stronger and empower your life, or it can eat away at you and it can tear you apart. And that is a decision process that is a very important thing in creativity that the bigger problem you're solving uh, the bigger, uh, uh, the larger amount of failure that is possible. And it is, it is really, really, really important to understand that, uh, uh, anyone who tries anything new will always fail. But let me go back to something a little bit more, uh, let's say, um, positive in, in, in that, uh, uh, what I call a child's perspective. Um, you know, innately, you have everything you need to overcome failure. And, you know, uh, as, as you've grown from a child to an adult, society has taught you that failure should be castigated, uh, should make you feel bad. That you, you know, you need to unlearn this idea about failure um, and, uh, and embracing the social narrative of failure is most likely the exact thing holding you back. Um, uh, the you know, the feeling that you have failed is a wall that needs to crumble. Uh, the reason I say that is, is that when you're young, everything you did was trying and failing. You ride a bike and you, you know, you fall, you get up, you're, you're, you're learning to like as a baby, you walk and you, you kind of sit back down. Baby isn't like sitting in a corner depressed, uh, out of failure because they, they, they stripped a couple times learning to walk. It is, it is this innate, um, uh, 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 ability of a kid, this unbridled enthusiasm, um, that, that, uh, it, it sounds antithetical, but failure is fun. Failure is a part of, of learning something new. And again, it, it is not a bad thing. It is something, uh, where we should celebrate our creative perseverance. And the more you do it, the stronger you get. And for me, I have to tell you, I failed more than anybody. And because of that, it has allowed me to succeed more than anybody or most people. So that's my uh, kind of point on that. Mm. 
Wow. Um, well, this has been really eye-opening, uh, thought-provoking, and insightful. I have one final question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Somebody or something unmistakable, you mean unique? Yeah, it's funny because I think it, there's been numerous answers to this question, and you know, it's really up to you as to how you interpret it. Um, yeah, I mean, unique is kind of one definition of it, uh, but I've heard every answer you could possibly imagine. I, I would say that uh, by being uh, finding your personal truth, I think this is uh, part of the creative and imaginative journey is to always is to find your personal truth. And when you do that, it empowers and connects uh all the areas of, of, of imagination and creativity and psychology and spirituality. And, um, you know, I say, well, what, you know, what, how do you find your personal truth and, and how do you uh, even start on that journey? Uh, I think it is, it is a process of um, understanding uh, what is your passion at the moment or this year or this decade is you must connect with your passion. Uh, people um, in life that are not connected to their passion that are doing whatever they're doing. Um, it, it, it's kind of sad because uh, you don't have your, your full uh, engagement of uh, and totality of who you are as a person. So I think people that have found their personal truth that uh, uh, focus on it and every day try to exemplify it, even if they haven't found it, it's always a, uh, a revolving door where it changes and it needs to always be a focus of who you are and what do you believe in and, and uh, connect your passion to it to always pursue it with, with all the force of your being. So that's, that's my answer. Amazing. Um, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story, uh, your wisdom, and your insights with our listeners. Where can people find out more about you, your work, the book, and everything else you're up to? Okay. Well, uh, you, the book is on Amazon. You could uh, go to Books Under Amazon and just type in Doug Patton, and you'll see it, or the book title, Conquering the Chaos of Creativity. Um, there also is, uh, if you Google con Conquering the Chaos of Creativity, you'll see uh, uh, quite a few articles that people have written on the book. And also you will see uh, the website. And there's another website too, uh, Patent Design, uh, uh, my last name and the word design. Uh, the book is on that website too. And it also talks about all the inventions I've done and so forth. So there's uh, a lot of ways to, to connect it. Uh, to uh, your goal um, uh, to find creativity. And, and as we sign off, I, I, will, I, I uh, really hope that some of the listeners will uh, think about finding their passion and uh, connecting to their innate powers of creativity, because I think it's the most important the innate power we all have. So again, thank you for today. Uh, great questions and uh, um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, my pleasure. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.